0: so between the legs, throws one up, and it goes!
1: You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who has reduced his alcohol consumption to a fishbowl per day, Kevin Greck. <laughs> how's that? Uh, how's that interspersing a water between each drink and or
2: off to a really good start? If I was thinking about this, as much uh, guff as I gave Plum for his dry January turned into damp his mm-hmm. entire life i'm also not off to a good start.
3: <laughs> as, I, I just as the know, people the that follow one. us
2: on on instagram know, jonesy was in east lansing uh this weekend and let me tell you waters were not had <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that was two weekends in a row of waters not had
2: uh
1: mm-hmm. by it was it was pretty fantastic um uh well th- thank you of course for everyone for listening if we could ask a small favor please share the pod with Spartans in your life, rate, review and subscribe wherever you get podcasts and of course follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan pod I now have the Instagram password and I'm learning how to use Instagram so this is very exciting our
2: social media manager uh, told me that she doesn't think you got the chops for it, she, I
1: don't she doesn't
2: I, think I don't. you understand Instagram is what she I told me don't
3: I, I get, get on
1: there and I'm like this is terrible.
0: <laughs> but I'm learning a lot
1: about her browsing habits. Uh so that's that's news. Um it's it you know I assume that algorithm's feeding me a lot of uh oh. content that's related to her her phone adjacent interests.
2: Okay, could be. Sure. Um
1: uh I saw some delicious looking uh, sort of the King's Hawaiian turned into, uh, into French toast bites. Sounds good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anything
2: about boyfriends
1: on there? <laughs> uh, all right. We'll do structure of the show. I do really ask, I want to ask if, if folks have a second, we would appreciate it if you go rate the show for us. Uh, Greg, do you want to do the, uh, the breakdown?
2: Sure. We start with the green wall where football always leads, uh, except for this week because there's, exciting things to talk about with basketball and discouraging things to talk about with basketball so we'll do that uh then we'll go off grand river talk about a former msu head football coach who hung it up this week decided to walk away from the game um so as a football robot presumably he just gets powered down tomorrow or something like that what
1: happens to c3po yeah truly do androids
2: dream of electric sheep i don't know but um (laughs) And then we'll take uh, your Twitter questions, as always. Uh, But actually, I lied. Instead of starting with the green wall, I'm actually going to start with what I'm sipping on this evening. It is a a Detroit fan zone uh, IPA. And I'm having it because the Lions just scored their second touchdown in the first quarter. I'm kind of watching off to the side as we record here.
1: So. So we'll keep people up to date after the fact <laughs> excellent that's right that's right i'll uh, run
2: a commentary <laughs> for them catch up
1: uh all right let's head behind the green wall and yes we're gonna start with some basketball uh msu played uh illinois and uh rutger uh this week uh and Let's uh, obviously start with the Illinois game, uh, which can we eat candy
2: first? Can we just talk about Stevie Izzo's first points and just, just eat candy and just revel in it. No. Okay. That's fine. Dessert comes at the
1: end. We'll
2: take our medicine dad.
1: Uh, So MSU goes on the road uh, against a top 10 Illinois team and loses by one score, 71 to 68. Um, Kevin, I, I don't know. I guess it, this isn't, we can get into the individual players. Um, but I will say, early on in the game, I was, uh, I was watching the game with your wife, and, uh, and we both were like, mm. they just don't have it. Uh, yeah. They just don't have it. Um, so, I mean, I, I know a lot of folks are looking at the end and, and uh, the end score. Uh, folks are pointing to a, an improved game from Malik Hall, but it did seem to be a game of a lot of
3: dumb moments and not good things happening what were your thoughts well first expert commentary second um one of the things
2: that i'm that just jumps off the page to me right now is tyson walker going one for seven from three and in fact the whole team going five for 19 from three and when you're on the road and you lose by three to a ranked team any one of those buckets very very impactful. Yep. Um and the free throw discrepancy. I mean, they had 22 free throws to our 7. So, however you want to read those two stats, shooting and also like what we do to manufacture free throw attempts. Free shots at the line and points that are worth 50% more. Those are two areas that you need to excel if you're going to take one on the
1: road in the big 10,
2: especially against a team. That's, you know, pretty solid.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it definitely would have been one of those wins that this, not that I think we think the teams at huge jeopardy of, of missing the tournament, but a win like that is the kind of thing. That's a potential meaningful boost to your seed line, uh, at the end of the year. Um, so definitely a missed opportunity. um, sort of looking through it, I, my my recollection of this game was just a relatively disjointed team at times that um th- there just didn't seem to be quite the same flow uh and and i guess i would also you know while tipping the cap to illinois playing tenacious defense uh also i think i don't know that they have a dude that's shorter than six six uh there never seemed to be MSU didn't seem to be meaningfully pushing the ball throughout the game. Yeah. Um, And that's reflected in the only two, two fast break points that they were credited with. Um, Illinois constantly seemed to be able to get set up on
3: defense and, and at times it felt like AJ was, you know, kind of just in
1: a, it wasn't a bad gear. It just wasn't the gear that was necessary to push tempo, push the game. Get transition buckets, make Illinois uncomfortable, and as a as a result of that, you know the the team just never seemed to get a flow. Yeah, and then of course AJ takes a shot at the end of the game in
2: crunch
3: time mm-hmm. that is just mm-hmm. not going to go down from that part of the floor for him. So yeah. thanks, Bud. Appreciate you. And then, and then J- Jaden heaves up a last
1: second two. <laughs> even though he had a, a moment to pass. I mean, it, I I guess maybe it could be done, but
2: I guess, do we talk about Malik Hall kind of remembering that he needs to play basketball? Um, he gets 14 points. He gets seven boards, seven boards. I mean, that's a basketball player with a pulse, which is nice to see. Um,
1: I, It felt like it, I guess here's it felt like we saw what should be the minimum expectations for your fifth year senior power forward with a handful Mm -hmm. of moves who can, in theory, at least somewhat not stretch the floor like Joey stretches the floor, but at least can theoretically be able to shoot from three Mm -hmm. um, though. His shot looks still broken. Um, But I have a hard time giving Malik a ton of plaudits for this game. It just didn't. Why should we not expect that kind of performance out of him?
2: Sure. You're you're saying this is the expectation for you. Thank you very much. You don't, you're not supposed to, you're not getting credit for something you're supposed to do.
1: Right? Yeah. He had a few moments in the game where it seemed like he was, he was really controlling things, but
3: at other times it just felt like, um, I don't know. It,
1: sleepy 14 points, I guess, is, is gotcha. the best way of saying it. Did uh, jump off the page for you. Yeah, and, and the, the other consequence of all of this is that, you know, Malik Hall played 36 minutes in that game. Cohen carr only got six. And, you know, it, I think we're in the phase where Cohen Carr is getting good enough that maybe Tom is using this time to introduce repercussions mm. or falling asleep on a backdoor cut. Let's yeah, for getting
2: getting backdoored. That which this could
1: actually be our bridge to mm-hmm. the next game
2: if you wanted it to be. Yeah, uh I,
1: we for sure. It it just at the same time though, I, I guess I would ask to Tom, you know, I I don't know I don't know how many more years you've got to play with. And it seems to me that at this particular moment you have a seriously plus athlete on your team when that, that could have been a, a larger contributor. Um, you know, in six minutes car got four, four points, a board and a block. Like you need a little bit more. Yes.
3: Yeah. This... Well, he and... played a little bit more
2: in the Rutgers game, not in the first half, mind you, where he again, fell asleep a couple times on defense but I thought he gave us very plus minutes in the second half when the team was kind of pulling away a little bit. I believe he was on the floor for some of that time. Um, had a couple very athletic moves.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, I guess before it, it, we can use this as another person to transition off of. But the, the other let one other thing that I'll say about the Illinois game is that Trey Holloman played 22 minutes in the game and was, per usual, pretty great defensively.
2: One but- attempted shot.
1: Yeah, one attempted shot. Uh, you know, appreciate the three three dishes, but like, man, you you have to shoot more. You have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, um. Oh, yeah, and I guess AJ missed a bunch of layups. I'm forgetting that too from this. Just a bunch of like layups that he normally makes. So, it, it, like, it, in some ways, I think it's useful to be like. Team didn't play well. Also, mm-hmm. dudes missed things that they normally miss. Right. Um they normally or, no, I'm sorry, normally make, yeah. And and that's truly the difference between winning and losing. But it, there are some people that you, you can, like Trey, be like, bro, you need to shoot more.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: have to. You're shooting at a great clip. Shoot. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, yes, let's transition to Rutger. Um. do we call... I thought I thought Malik Hall's game here was substantially better, even though the stat line is relatively speaking the same.
2: Right, but he, uh, he was more impactful in the time that he spent on the floor, and he did things in critical moments. I know that the game really was put away with like twelve or thirteen minutes left. I I think Rutgers got it down to they had a lead. I think at one point in the second yeah, half, right? Yeah, and then that again that window. That I'm talking about before, from the, like the 25 minute mark to like the 30ish minute mark, that 19 point run, um, I think Malik played very impactfully during that time, um, and and that sort of sticks with
1: you a little bit more. Well, when you're... And, yeah, and he did all of that in the in 10 min- minutes less of playing time in the game. Yeah, then it, which I think is maybe why I say other one felt sleepy, this one felt more energy.
2: Speaking of which, just going back to where we were before, Trey Holloman, maybe one of his best games of the season, yeah. this game. Um, lit it up from three, shot 50% from three, had some great assists, had no turnovers, got a board. Um, I mean, he was a very, very plus player in this in this game in a time where we're going to need him more and more and more aj can't be on the floor for a thousand hours so
1: i think i'm gonna double check this but i think trey hallman is currently leading the nation in assist to turnover ratio
2: i mean it's I, i can't think of a specific time and i'm sure there has been one where he's committed an egregious turnover where i just went like oh trey I can think of times where like he dishes it to Carson Cooper. It bounces off his hands. I, I can think of those <laughs> times, but I, you know, obviously that's not Trey's fault. Um, so he's in relief of Jeremy fears. He's been playing extraordinarily well. Um, and especially in this game.
1: Yeah. And actually let's talk about that moment that, that assists to, uh, Carson Cooper. Cause it it's, or the first time that, Cooper just bumbled it, which felt like the third to eighth time that game that the centers had collectively just sort of shit the bed. Uh, <laughs> the it, it was it was certainly not Cooper's first, but in a nearly identical play later on, Trey Holloman went back to him again, and that time secured it for a dunk. It was great. Right. I, I mean, and I know the first time Trey kind of got into Cooper, like the look. The look he gave him could yes. truly kill. Yeah. Um, Shooting daggers over there. But, uh, you know, it, it, I guess it, the reason I bring that moment up, and I appreciate that, you know, it, at times we've talked about how AJ still hasn't kicked the bug of yelling at everybody but himself. Um, but the, this team does seem to have a bit more connectivity to it than, say, last year's team, which is nearly an identical team
2: we're about ready to have our candy we saw a lot of connectivity at the end of the game mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh so tyson walker comes back in this game goes three for seven from three also very impactful kind of the tyson walker that you want the malik hall kind of continues to ascend um Jay ikins i thought fine took but shots that i want him to take three for six fine um the, as you said the Bix played a little bit less in this game and that's because we got to see a little bit more of jackson kohler the old the and teen book. wolf you know as uh, my as our social media coordinator uh manager well, she's as, been
1: demoted well. to coordinator Ooh. Yeah, Ooh.
2: manager whatever if you call if you come up with jackson kohler as the teen wolf maybe you should get promoted again so busted down why, and then brought but right why back is up. she
1: not put up a side-by-side
2: Mm, because she's not that great a social media manager. She's <laughs> big specialist, ideas specialist. Now that now that you're on the Instagram, that's handed off to you.
1: Okay. Um the uh yeah, Jackson Kohler, eight minutes, uh one board, one assist, one block, uh two points. Like I, I don't know where your expectations are for a Jackson Kohler who's just starting to play again, but yeah. I thought his minutes were fine to good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Getting better. That's for sure. Like, no one's expecting him to be the savior of this team, but if you can be a guy that soaks up minutes on in the bigs uh, and is a plus contributor in those minutes that you're there, I'm a fan. I'm yeah. happy to have you on this squad, because as we've seen, as much as we like Matty and as much as we like Carson Cooper, they can't do it all. So... Uh, very pleased with what I've seen so far from Jackson Kohler going from not just being out, but be- not playing basketball, not practicing, not participating, participating in team stuff, but not, you know, being there Right. Um, to now actively contributing on a division one, you know, big 10 number 12 and Ken Palm or whatever it is. Right. Um, basketball team. Got to like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think we tried to transition on car and I dragged us back, but Uh, you know notwithstanding the punishment for getting backdoored uh still plays 10 minutes five points four boards like a block Uh, that's a pretty strong outing for a freshman
2: yeah and dave revson talks about you the soles on your shoes and how how much he liked seeing those
1: (laughs) speaking of dave and his weird foot thing apparently uh <laughs> uh we we should shout out <laughs> the big 10 someone, network someone finally acknowledged that jeremy fears was shot yep so
2: which is not like we have any new information about this case um i guess the new information is that jeremy fears is now walking around breslin center without crutches he's just in boot. a boot that's a plus um but like i don't think we're expecting him back anytime soon But. um very happy to hear that and also very happy to hear that we're finally acknowledging that Jeremy Fierce was a victim of gun violence and that's why he's
1: not participating in the team right now yeah uh otherwise uh i you know i guess i'd just say you, you know the booker ended up with 7 minutes uh most of those were towards the end of the game i think at least half of them were um I don't know, man. Um, yeah. I, I I think maybe we would all do well to just recalibrate our expectations as off season. The weight room is going to be good. Like you know, get what you can. Maybe maybe he has a game that you know, out of nowhere is just lethal, and and that'll be great. But um, I think at this point in time, I've you see enough of. Like I think there was even a, a moment. I saw in the game where uh, there was some contact made with him, like as someone was running through a, a screen or something like that. And he
2: just evaporated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was convinced. literally a,
1: a like it felt like there was an explosion and he like, you know, the ripples of, of it just took him back. And I was like, OK, man, like. <laughs>
2: like, all right, it, if it wasn't clear by now, what he wants to do is take threes. <laughs> and and he the took a nice Bingham one. Effect. See that? He took yeah. a nice one. He hit a big one. We're happy for him, but that's that can't be your whole role on this team.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it truly I think going into next year that the question I'll have is, is his path different from Marcus Bingham's? Like, are, are we going to see something different here? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, the the bigs in this game were maddening at times. I thought I thought played well. I, I, generally speaking, I would say uh, Rutgers, we should give credit is a very good defensive team. Getting 73 on Rutgers is a great outcome. And at times in that first half, they were just stifling. And, and I would say, you know, it seemed like some shots weren't falling for us, but that Rutgers was also good. And this team kept at it, ended up playing much more connected, pushed the ball better than they did against Illinois. Um, and, and those are the, the sorts of things that I think we need to be saying. I'll have some more, please
2: yeah looking at the advanced stats on rutgers this ended up actually being one of their better offensive games right um but i i i talked to the half and
1: i was like no they're really bad this is not acceptable
2: but there was a moment um at the end of the first half when we went on a bit of a run i think it was like a six or seven point run that was not driven by our offense it was driven by our defense it happened over the course of like three minutes and it was six points so it's not like. They went on a flurry of scoring, but it was, it was like, we're shutting them down. That was the time where they were turning it over on the, on the zone shot clock uh, calls. Um, So I was very encouraged by that. Turns out, indeed, this was actually statistically one of their better offensive games. Um, But you're also correct. One of their worst defensive games. It is something to put 73 points up on this Rutgers team. So
3: got to be happy with that.
1: Yeah. And I also, you know, having taken some time to think about it, Rutgers ended up shooting 38.9% from three. I don't know that they have an individual player on their team that shoots that well from three. And so sometimes it's, sometimes it's the scout and they just outperform the scout. And then I felt like Rutgers also made some threes that like, okay, like what, yeah. you know, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, and so I, you know, still held him to 55. Like, I, you know, I think we can also say that's cool.
2: Okay. I can't do it anymore. Can we talk about Stevie?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, first I want to, uh, Nick Sanders is also in the box score. So we need to, uh, yes, let's talk about Stevie.
2: So how, how did you react when, when he gets the ball? when he gives up the ball and then runs around, I think off a screen, I've watched it about a thousand times. So you would think I know exactly how this play went, but he gets the ball. iso, dribbles it between his legs, takes it to his guy. What was happening? Give me your, your energy as that's happening. And then you see that he puts the ball up. Were you breathing? Was your heart going
1: in that moment? That's literally a play that they run for Tyson Walker, which is just, Like, he's coming off of a pin down, wrapping around. Like, I think there's a double screen for him even. Like, it's stupid. Uh, And But he's clearly not, no disrespect. But, like, not fast enough for it to matter, right? So his dude is just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, And then when he crossed over, I was like,
3: what? What? What is (laughs) happening here?
1: And then but like so but like his man recovered and then you know truly in like spectacular fashion of the shot looked you could see in an alternate timeline where he puts it up in the exact same way and it doesn't even reach the rim and just yeah sort of and it just it like cuz it was donks, that it was just somewhere. that ugly
2: bounces off the back of the backboard or
1: something like that but i will say as it was bouncing around the rim I still didn't believe it was going to fall. I, I was still like, this is hilariously heartbreaking. Let's see him miss some free throws now. It, like, in that
2: moment, I was like, all right, what are you going to do with the line? Steven is That was and, what I was thinking.
1: But then, then it took one bounce off the far end of the iron that like, was like, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it dropped. And I, sh- I screamed with joy and, my my son immediately brought me back to earth. He says, "You scared me." <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it that was that was electric uh, and 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 fun. I, I get like you know I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his dad. Like uh, I
2: didn't get to see his free throw because I was still screaming and running around the house,
1: bro. Do you, well, you you've <laughs> since seen it because. He then drained it like you couldn't you could not make a better free throw shot than that.
2: Just put it straight up and just right through and then on to the next thing. For sure.
1: It was (laughs) Uh, the adage. You just need to see one go in. Apparently is the adage. Very true. Is very, very true. All right. Here's here's the question. Is that adage true? Will Stephen Izzo score again?
2: well i think now it's unlocked and by the end of the season in the national championship game stevie's starting over tyson walker (laughs) and is just automatic draining everything that he puts up on route to a banner for msu there's no question in my mind that he goes (laughs) where this is headed off of this he goes full super saiyan and he's just trying to send it yeah i think so well he's got more points um more collegiate points scored than lebron james does um so and, uh, and Kobe yeah I was going to say t- yeah. so uh that's pretty uh, impressive there's no doubt in my mind
1: that that is where this is going now mhm mhm all right uh let's uh let's chat a little football before we uh move along um so we were very excited last week that a consensus uh, five-star who played three meaningful and productive seasons at UNC and then had to sit out a year at A&M after some injuries had committed to us in the transfer portal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ends up being that uh, I now know what it feels like to be a Wolverine because <laughs> the admissions department got in the way. Uh, so he's uh, Tony Grimes is headed to UNLV. Off
2: to UNLV, right?
1: Yeah, um, man. Which must mean he probably couldn't even
3: go back to UNC. Oh, probably not. No. Which, like, I, we we don't need to digress too far here. But like, this is, I
1: guess, for for as much as people and we at times have given Tom Izzo flack about him ranting about the the transfer portal, like this dude. Would have graduated with a degree from UNC. And now will not. And I don't mm-hmm. know if he's gonna be able to go pro or, you know, and obviously that changes your financial forecast in life, but like, you know, and, and I'm not trying to poo-poo UNLV because that's also a very good school. Mm-hmm. But it it feels like, man, you've made a series of poor decisions along the way here. Um
2: and Well, this this is going around in college sports right now um there's a weird number of players that i'm aware of that are having academic issues
1: mm-hmm. and oh i'm gonna put that off ground. we gotta talk about that i
2: just i remember i had i knew a couple people at msu who were academic advisors for the students mm-hmm. and you know student academic advisors the the uh tutors basically
3: you know, just
1: basically tutors
2: and the The amount of support and resource that you get. Now, we all probably had classes with student-athletes. They're not there much. That's true. And some
1: of that is not because they have other obligations that we all actually expect them to fulfill.
2: Right. But also, I happen to know the amount of help and support, as I said, that they get. So it, it, it does it does ring a little concerning to me whenever there's an established collegiate sports player that is struggling academically mm-hmm. because you do sort of just get picked up and carried through college so to yes. speak and that's whether it's at msu and you're getting a real degree in something that you chose or it's at u of m and you're getting a general education degree because that was, what was studies General studies degree, and that because that was it was offered to you, or you're at UNC and you're not even taking real classes. um Wherever it is, this just sort of happens to you largely, and it is a little concerning to me when you can't pull that off. But they do have a lot of other obligations, as you said. So yeah, that does need to be kept in consideration in this whole this whole subject of conversation.
1: Uh so <clears throat> people who for the moment anyway have told us they're also coming uh Wayne Matthews linebacker from Old Dominion has uh committed to us out of the transfer portal. Uh Matthews was the second highest grade in power uh pro football focus and second leading tackler for the Old Dominion Dominions. Uh but uh importantly where he excelled most in sort of his grading and and this reflects out in raw statistics as well is his pass coverage we saw
3: repeatedly every game that a certain uh uh,
1: linebacker who was affectionately referred to as the boogeyman and everyone likes to point out he doesn't wear gloves got torched in coverage
2: i don't know what you're saying i've been at Two games where Cal Halliday has gotten uh, pick sixes right in yeah. front of me. Thank you very much. So he must be an expert coverage linebacker.
3: Oh,
1: you must be the problem then. You aren't <laughs> going to enough games. I
2: need to be at every single MSU football game. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and this is how you become our Connor Stallions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, So anyway, uh, nice pickup. That brings that room to... Halliday, snow, hall, um, this Matthews guy, uh, I'm definitely forgetting somebody else, but it's shaping up to be um a, a nice a, a nice room uh, for Indeed. us. Um and last for football, Kevin, I didn't know you could do this. Louisiana. The University of Louisiana canceled on us? <laughs> You you didn't dump me.
3: I dumped you. Yeah. <laughs> us?
2: So this is where we get to fantasize about a game against Oregon State, right?
1: I mean, that would be that would be uh they probably need us. Um I don't know if their schedules filled out actually. We should book one with them
2: and then cancel it on them <laughs> to be like yes. psych. Uh,
1: the um I uh, I heard I heard Sheehan talking about this and he picked out the worst FCS school that was available. Mm. Um and said, "Let's play them." Uh oh, Delaware I... State. Delaware State is he said is not does not have a schedule yet.
2: Well, from what I remember, Delaware refuses to play Delaware State. Um I think that's actually changed, but for a long time Delaware refused to play Delaware State. Um I guess it is an interesting question. What do you want in this spot? Because The schedule, as we've discussed, does look kind of favorable in that everyone's pretty mid on it. Um, But your... Give me the profile of a team that you
1: want to play here. All right. Let me ask you
3: this. You got the schedule up right now? I do. Okay. Truly, put squint hard at it. And ask yourself, could you imagine 10 wins? <clears throat> so you've got the Fort
2: Atlantic Owls, Maryland, Boston College, at Boston College worthwhile, uh, Ohio it? State, Oregon, Iowa, U of M, Indiana, Illinois, Purdue, Rutka. If you squint hard enough, could you see 10 and 2? So let me just go down this list and say...
3: Possible win, impossible win. Florida Atlantic, possible. Maryland, possible. At Boston College, possible. Ohio State at home, not possible. At Oregon, not possible. Iowa, possible. U of M, possible. Indiana, very possible. (laughs) Illinois, possible. Purdue, possible. Rutgers, possible. So that was three not possible wins no you said only two you only said oregon
1: and ohio state is all you said were not possible
2: two impossible wins
3: so sure well there's why would you push yourself because you could be in the playoff next year okay i'm with you i mean florida atlantic which is a game
2: that I'm surprised is even happening. Do you remember when we were responsible for opening up Florida Atlantic's
0: mm-hmm, football mm-hmm.
2: stadium? Oops. Mm. Uh Florida Atlantic and Boston College, you're already going on the road to Boston College. To me, that checks the box for everything that you're expected to do as a Power 5 conference team. Power Sometimes,
1: by the conference way, conference team one seeds in the college football playoff don't even bother to check that box. So indeed indeed don't you know?
2: So I'm willing to take, and we're not going to pretend to know all the different teams that have availability on one of these two weekends. Uh, I'm willing to take anyone that is going to be in the bottom half of college football. Give me, give me the bottom half at home. We don't have an FCS team is my point. Correct. We'll take that. Be happy to take that as well.
3: Uh All right. Uh but, 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 but. All right, let's let's do that hockey. Cuz I even
1: I watched a little hockey with you and then said boring. Uh, yes, you did but, you did not have but I really to I around. really enjoyed the
2: highlights
1: quite a bit.
2: Yeah, dude does a little like flip um, under his leg. I, sorry everyone for calling him dude. We don't have the box score up here. The important thing is they go on the road and sweep Big Ten conference opponent Penn State to State. ranked Penn State. Although I now understand that that might be a little bit a fa the big factor in that is their schedule that they've played. Um, they're now up to uh number three in the pairwise, it's the two Boston universities and MSU. I mean, it's- bro. Now the schedule, the teeth of the schedule are kind of coming up now, so that's something that you have to take a look at. But if you want to go to what is possibly the most hype game at Mun in the last
3: ten years, U of M's coming to town. Mm. It's already sold out. You're gonna have to find a ticket through other means
2: because all I think all the games are sold out now. Um but bro. Come on. This, this team is back. Going on the road, scoring tons of points on ranked teams, taking
0: this yeah, is I,
2: how many Big Ten conference road sweeps is this now? Two, three? um I think
1: three. I, I'll while you're looking that's that up. Wild. I'll, that's I will also crazy. say that while I just said boring earlier, uh in truth, this team is not boring. Yeah. They're a lot of fun to watch and they they create opportunities they score with quickness there's a ton of talent and skill on the team uh they are fun to watch
2: road sweep at ohio state road sweep oh no took took one at minnesota but not a road sweep um so only ohio state and now penn state but
1: oh i was thinking wisconsin who they i think they swept it home
2: that was at home.
3: Yes, both of those yeah. games were at month. Yeah. Either way, uh, very exciting. What a time to be alive. Uh, all right. Set off Grand River. OK, do you want to start with. Uh,
1: talking about good coaches or coaches, we have some questions about.
3: Let's talk
2: about confirmed good coaches. the best to ever do it Uh, yeah who spent some time in east lansing our guy nick saban football robot decided not to do a goodbye tour year (laughs) decided no coach k decided to just hang it up unexpectedly one morning just kind of Apparently people around him didn't really know. Apparently he was
1: interviewing coaches earlier in the day. Was, yep.
2: Interviewing uh, coaches to take jobs on the staff and just decided I've kind of ruled this sport for long enough. I know that, Oh, he hasn't won a national championship in three years, but still now, he no one retire. wants
1: Bama. Yeah. This was easily his worst team. And you still didn't want
2: Bama. You won the uh, you won the SEC and you took the team that did end up winning the national championship down to the now. We said it here on the podcast in advance, that wasn't your grandfather's uh, Alabama team. We said that before that game against mm-hmm. U of M, but like they pushed U of M to the limit. Like that was d- the de facto natty game,
1: I think. But for some dude, truly, I'll give this amount of credit to U of M. That muffed punt, which mm-hmm. is, I'm going to give credit for, you screwed up the play anyway, but like his ability to not let that ball go into the end zone, yeah. hold it, and then get drilled. Like, that's the difference. We're talking about a play that. Yeah.
2: Can you imagine if he didn't, though, how humiliating that would be for them <laughs> and then oh, to
1: man. kick it? It wouldn't it be wonderful if there was like a, a bookend to the like, troubles with punting a chronicle
0: they start
2: allocating like three uh <laughs> three scholarships to punters just because they're just like tired of it yeah um but they, they're they not going to have that many scholarships to to give out here in a couple of years so um <laughs>
1: anyway um and then the same day was it the same day or the day before the bell checks out I think it was
2: the same day, and the day before, Pete Carroll is yeah. changing his rules. Those
3: are massive, massive changes to the full sport. Um, so yeah, like big changing of the guard happened over yeah. the last week. So Bama
1: hires Deboer out of Washington. Uh, Washington Washington hires Jed Fish out of Arizona um both i think both good hires um mm-hmm. and uh I don't know man it it's going to be different
3: well, I suspect, what, do you, what do you think about DeBoer? uh
1: i think DeBoer has lost i believe i believe as a head coach DeBoer has lost 12 games
3: that comes from
2: his time at Sioux Falls where sure. he inherited a pretty good team and he kept it as a pretty good team. But as of seven years ago, he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at EMU.
3: We talk about his time at Indiana. That was one year. He spent mm-hmm. more time at Washington than he spent at Indiana.
2: I mean, it's, it's hard to win in college football, right? Yep. And he has been winning. There's no doubt about that. But I do wonder if maybe it's a little flash in the pan. I do, I do wonder. I mean, how was his year at Fresno? His two years at Fresno. Went from three to three to nine and three. I guess that's how you get hired at Washington. I,
1: I'll, I'll say this. The question mark for him is that at the G5 level and the P5 level, or G6 and, and P5,
3: that he is not ever... Recruited and developed talent to sustain a winning culture. And yeah, that that's said, true.
0: He's
1: just had to, he's just jumped. That said, I think if you're Bama, it makes a ton of sense to say, first of all, we have all the institutional resources we could ever need to make sure that he can recruit talent. And you can say it makes sense that a coach that might be that good is looking for a job like
3: this Mm -hmm. and so why not take that shot to replace the robot
1: like it's a it's a it's at at worst a high quality sacrificial lamb
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but i I don't i don't know we i don't look around the rest of college football landscape and be like if I'm Bama candidates that I'm seriously looking at, was there anybody was truly, was there anybody else you would have looked at? I mean, isn't it kind of funny that where we are on Dabo right now
2: is like not a serious contender. No. I mean, how far he took, he broke the Clemsoning. He won two national championships over there. Like, the but fact it, that he was not in serious consideration for this kind of. It, it is very strange, right? Because like, he was he was in the Sugar Bowl just a couple of years ago.
3: He's i was in the trying, Orange
2: Bowl just last year, season before this.
1: There, there are examples that are escaping me, but every now and again, a formerly normal person. Pops up as like a mainstay on Fox News and you're like what you and and Dabo <laughs> Dabo is that right like the the earth shifted and he's
3: like trying to pray the nil away like it, mm-hmm. it just is he he's unhirable
2: he, comp- he has made it clear that it's like you should probably not hire me because I'm not willing to adapt to where college football is going.
1: Uh, we had, uh, so we had a conversation that uh, want to touch back on here just since we're here uh, about the, I th- think it was Scheffner, but maybe it was Bruce Feldman. It doesn't really matter who tweeted out a, a short list for Bama coaches. And then yeah. like a few minutes later edited it because James Franklin's agent clearly called and said, put James Franklin on the list. And, and so we started talking about James Franklin. And I I think this is worth revisiting of like, it is funny to me that James Franklin keeps popping up on these lists when truly, I don't know if you're Penn state, you could even be happy with James Franklin. (laughs) Like who on earth would ever hire James Franklin? Uh, not Bama, that's for sure. But maybe Clemson is
3: actually the answer?
1: Uh, But then then you're back to Clemsoning. Like, James Franklin is not too far away from just being the embodiment of Clemsoning.
2: I mean, James Franklin kind of brought the Clemsoning to Penn State. Like, he is so spectacularly good at being like, Let's land this plane at exactly 10 wins. <laughs> That's going to be the plan.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: like, let's go. Let's recruit really well. Let's win some games. But let's not win too many games. <laughs> I just even when, even when the schedule lines up real nice for us, let's still not win that many games then. He has he... one conference does he he's won the big 10 right he won it like back in the leaders and legends days i want to say has he been there that long i mean he's been there since like 2014 2015 2013 something like that he he popped from vanderbilt at just the right time if if memory serves just the sort of like sneak out the back door kind of take a new gig approach um but I, I mean, the man has been to exactly one,
3: um, Big Ten championship game, right? Yeah, they, Yeah, twenty sixteen. Okay, so the man's been to one Big Ten championship game, and
2: he's he's working with quite a lot for those types of for those types of outcomes
1: in a school that, as we discussed, I think last week. So clearly doesn't care about anything else.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They
1: had a good basketball coach and said, "Nah, it's it's fine.
3: Bye, like bye bye.
2: go on so, off to Notre Dame."
1: I I just yeah. Anyway, uh, James Franklin is, is his. I you know I can't take these lists seriously because I don't know truly what is a what's a job that could. Uh, Listeners, feel free to chime in on this. Like, this would be a fun little brainstorming exercise for everybody. What is a job that is better than Penn State? Resources, brand, conference. And you can't say, oh, he's got to play the toughest teams because I insist on, well, first of all, that's gone. But second of all, like, that's a plus for most football guys. So, the name a better job than Penn state that would actually consider James Franklin. I don't think one exists. Yeah. I defy you to do such a thing. Maybe it's Clemson, but I don't, I I don't know. Um, With the ACC falling apart, is Clemson a better job? Not
2: at the moment. I mean, it's, we've talked about how it's you're in the club or you're out of the club. And right now Clemson is out of the club. And there's no
1: denying that. Uh, well, while we're talking about bad coaches, let's
3: talk about Juwan.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: and and so it had been rumored for weeks
1: that Doug McDaniel was going to be academically ineligible for the remainder of the year. Ends up being that that didn't happen.
2: That comes with an asterisk.
1: <laughs> like so many things there. Uh, but the... He he's going to be suspended for six away games. Away
2: only. Away and only
1: away games with and both sides have said uh please respect my privacy which <laughs> it relates we, to this.
2: We know everyone will. <laughs> don't worry, everyone will. Because uh I don't know if you noticed but, but little Ward Manuel peeked out his head this week. And hey, wouldn't you know it? No tough questions.
1: No one asked
2: Ward. We haven't seen you in years. No tough questions. Why would you? Why would you? It's fine. It's not appropriate to do things uh, to ask tough questions in a situation like that. It's just not. It's uncouth. So, so we won't, Ward. We'll see
1: you again in another two years, bud. So instead of wholly dunking on Doug here, because I don't, I mean, I. I it, it's not. It's not for us to do. That's not our podcast. Um, the,
3: but who I do feel comfortable dunking on is Juwan. Because he had to know this was
1: coming. Had to know about the academic issues. But I don't know actually that Juwan did know about it because he's not been coaching at times. Other times he voluntarily relinquishes the job of coach like. I. Well, they... that was a smart move.
2: He knew he didn't have what it took to beat Penn State on the road. So he thought,
1: hmm, let's let Whom- this guy fall on that hand grenade. In fairness, whom's amongst us hasn't lost at the palestra. i <laughs> just saying. Uh, but. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know, man, it, like. They've got they got a ton of issues down there. Uh, not <laughs> that's not even beginning to touch the 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 outstanding issues with Juwan, but it seems like he does not have it with this team.
3: Institutional control.
1: Yeah,
2: I think it's interesting that away games
1: include hours apparently. Can we, also, he. The statement not- that Doug McDaniel put out, I'm we're not going to talk about it, but it has some words that we're not going to say, obviously, because of uh, the color of our skin. Because <laughs> anyone has seen has
2: not
3: seen that statement, but he took it down. And then put it back without that language
1: mm-hmm. and far be it for me to generally speaking, police the language of people. But like it does speak to a clearly the university or the team had a problem with the content of that statement. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they there wasn't coordination or communication about doing anything related to this is it's the, it's the little things about it. Like, are you running a professional adjacent program or not? Can you be can you imagine being in
2: the U of M athletic? Comms department when that goes up and it gets sent to you because you clearly didn't see it in advance. Someone brought this to your attention. Can you imagine just being like, "Oh, oh, um"? Oh.
1: I hope it's some. It was as awkward of a conversation oh. as say, if that if it had come to me and I had to have a conversation <laughs> about it.
3: <laughs> so there was some language. What was the problem? Okay, so. <laughs>
1: anyway this uh, statement
2: reflects the university right now
0: so.
1: <laughs> oh uh, i guess yeah he is gonna miss our game uh i don't know i don't know. i'm gonna knock on wood but they're they're big bad that's a that should be a w um so either way like i don't know what's going on with doug and his academics i i want anyone who goes to college to be academically successful, I don't wish athletic success on them, but like, so I hope he gets that straightened out.
3: I mean, this, this Michigan team, they might have like four or five wins left on the schedule. Like truly. Yeah.
2: Especially if you don't have your highest utilization player
3: for six of those games. Yeah. It's going to be rough uh well
1: let's le- not look at their schedule let's look at our schedule kevin uh you're here, here who do we got coming up
2: uh well there are two games this week uh and let me change around my screens right now uh there we go that's our outline um uh, minnesota on thursday who are a ken Palm 84 team and Maryland on Sunday, which is a more interesting game. That's a Ken Palm 80 or 68 team. So, um, you've got to think you're going to beat that Minnesota team at home on Thursday. That would be one that I, I would feel pretty comfortable with, hopefully. Minnesota not going great so far, they did get that you know, they did get some wins. They get, they got that win against Maryland. Um, they just lost to Indiana. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of riding high on that IUPUI win from December. Um, but overall you would expect that this, this is a team that's going to beat Minnesota, uh, at Ken Palm 84 at home. However, this is a team that goes on the road to Maryland. Now we've said that this team might be going on a bit of a winning streak. That the current record could be a uh, could could be a you know a result of the schedule that it's played so far. However, this Maryland team has a bit of a pulse. Um, so they just beat Illinois on the road. They beat the Michigan team that we talked about. They kind of gave Minnesota a you know a run for it at the barn. So th- I mean this is a this is a team that it could get dicey, but still I would expect to win that game. Now they've got Jameer Young, they've got Julian Reese. Um we've Jameer Young is I think he's been there for what, two years now. We know him from last year. Reese combo slash point guard. Playing a lot of minutes for them right now. Playing pretty well overall. Um, but I would expect, again, I, I'm i trying to make this happen. I'm trying to kind of speak this into the, the universe, saying, like, hey, it would be funny. Um, Mar- you know, going to Kohl Center and beating Wisconsin in two weeks, week and a half, I think very much a possibility and if that does happen with wins that we're knocking on wood with minnesota maryland that wisconsin game a michigan game without doug mcdaniels as we as we've just discussed maryland back at home then at the barn then we get that illinois team that we just lost to by three at breslin center then we go to penn state who as we just discussed doesn't even care who their coach is. (laughs) Then we go to Michigan. Like as I'm reading these off, it seems like a lot of potential W's on this schedule. So hopefully that road win at, at Maryland, hopefully kind of helps us get into this groove, kicks us off and gets us ready for, I guess, looking down the, the road here, you know, that, Home game against Ohio State and then at Purdue. Also, oh, this um, team needs
1: a road win.
3: Yeah. This team does need a road win, and I'll take it this week. Thank you very much. All right. Should we do these Twitter questions? Let's go. All right. First up, listener Mike Jones. Uh, we've all rooted for
1: Steven to get that on that score sheet, but I think we all kind of assumed someone in the Big Ten would foul Steven late and he'd get a free throw or two, right? No one saw that coming today, did they?
2: No, not in the way that it happened. No, no one saw that coming.
1: I assure you, Stephen Izzo didn't see that coming.
2: Especially in the way that he's had opportunities before and it's just not worked. No, this is not what I was expecting, though, as we've established. He's super Saiyan now and we will just see him score a trillion
1: points for the rest of the year. Uh next up from Mike Jones uh, MSU basketball is now undefeated in games that Stephen Izzo scores in we should be drawing up him some plays uh moving forward right Yeah
2: I mean I think uh listener Mike Jones that's an advanced
1: stat that
2: you're referencing Ooh. there so Izzo might not be a fan uh I also really like how Dave Revson kind of went and was like I actually or no it was Andy Cats Andy Cats Andy Cats was like actually I'd like to spend half a minute like 45 seconds explaining uh the, the full context of that quote from tom so it's like what do you why andy like we all listen to it
1: <laughs> also here's the thing about tom iso is that if you give him enough time to talk nothing will make sense right. he will contradict himself you give him two minutes and you will hear things that don't make any sense so, so appreciate you andy but
2: Anything else? We're Honestly, that felt like
1: Tom came to Andy and said, "Hey, man, can you?" Because <laughs> it felt forced.
2: Um, uh, speaking of things in the media, uh, this is not one of Mike Jones's questions, but what do we think about that that Graham column? and TV Oh, or more accurately, the the timing of it.
1: Yeah, it seemed like in the same way that publications. Write obituaries in advance of something like how the New
2: York Times has obituaries for every relevant (laughs) public figure.
1: Graham was like, I just got to talk to Stevie. The only reason it wasn't click send immediately was because he needed a filler quote or two to get in there. (laughs) Like, (laughs) which
2: good for him to have that thing locked and loaded, ready to go. Get those clicks, get those clicks. I
1: swear to you. We'll not share if it's true or not, but you need to let us know. <laughs> did you have that ready? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> the timing truly was like, I just got out of the locker room.
2: Can we speculate on other things that Graham might already have columns yeah. locked and loaded, ready for?
1: You th- He's got to have Izzo, right? Izzo retires.
3: Have... Yeah. Yeah, that's in there. Uh Um...
2: He's, he's already worked out any number of national championship potential type
1: things. Maybe if Max Bulla returns to MSU, mm. you know, is he able to dish then? Yeah. Does he have Does he have the Max Bulla column locked and loaded? Yep. He gets asked, asked about it enough.
2: Yeah. Uh, someone needs to ask Max Bulla some questions, uh. if I remember correctly, for that one.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Maybe him returning to MSU as a coach is the time for all of us to find out why he wasn't in
1: the Rose Bowl game. I'm sure enough time has passed, right? Does anyone care?
3: Truly. Because
1: I I bet you he doesn't get a coaching job by the by without someone being like, hey, man. What happened?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So anyway. Uh, Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Next up, uh, Jason P with the toughest part of the schedule complete. How are you feeling about the rest of the basketball season? Is there any concern about making the tournament?
2: Jason P might as well just be doing this podcast, right? I just spent three minutes basically saying that, um, but he did it much better, much more succinctly. I'm not currently concerned at all about making the tournament. I know that there's a lot of bracketologists out there by virtue of our, our record. Particularly in conference that don't have us in it, don't right. Like this, this conference is pretty mid. They're not putting nine teams in the
1: in the NCAA tournament. Well, I think but, that's the worry, though, is that there aren't many games left on the schedule that the team can acceptably drop.
2: Yeah, but this team's going to be ranked by
1: the end of the season.
2: It well, is. I, I, the, I the think way that's the concern. look right now this is going to be a top 25 ranked AP coaches poll team by the end of the season. And if we look at the rest of the schedule, it's going to be three seed, four seed in the big town tournament. What's, what's,
1: what's all Bart got us at?
2: Uh, on you. So Ken Palm 16 Torvik has us at 12.
1: No, no, what's his uh what's he projecting us in the tournament? How do you mm-hmm. like to do that?
2: Do you like to look at similar profiles, similar resumes? Uh
1: so he has us as a somewhere between a five and a six seed right now. Okay. Sounds uh, right. So uh with a ninety two point eight percent chance of uh of making the tournament. So that's not I guess I'm just saying one of the things that we've for years chatted about with AJ and AJ has been much more consistent. Like I still want more out of him, but he's been, we haven't seen the dud AJ games in quite some time, but there are some teams on this schedule that you just can't drop those games. So that's all I would say uh i'm but i'm still firmly with you on the like yeah this is a tournament team it's just gotta gotta win these games yeah i'm uh, not sure
2: that it's a second weekend tournament team but it's a tournament too
1: yeah it, i yeah i guess it seeing seeing what they did against baylor i'm sort of a uh which i guess i should check to make sure that baylor is still any good but like I could see this team going a long, long way in the tournament. I could also see them not. Nah. Yeah.
2: Next up from Beth Morrow. Uh, it's clear that you guys need to drop a podcast before each game, including a pep talk segment from Malik or whoever is underperforming. If you do that, I'm convinced we bring home the natty.
3: Please say yes. Kevin. We might need more listener guests. If we're
1: Need more listener guests. Uh, let's just say we need we need more listener Mike Joneses in our lives. Yeah, uh,
2: um, I'm going to say this instead. This is my one pep talk for Stevie Izzo. Do that every play.
1: Bring home the natty. And then uh, let's just replay that on loop as he goes super soon. Which she then says. Uh, and did you notice Steven took a couple bounces before draining the free throw? More evidence. More pod is the answer. Beth,
2: people, like are saying, <laughs> people are saying like and subscribe. Tell your friends the pod is the answer.
1: Five stars. Uh, all right. Next up, Graham Nelson. Uh, does Steven Izzo need to play more?
2: Yes, because he's going to yes. lead us to a natty. Of course. Joe Ashworth asks, are you recording during the Lions game? Yes. And if so, what's going on in the game right now? Uh, Rams just punted in the third quarter. What's the score? Thirteen minutes. Uh, Detroit twenty-one. Rams seventeen. La seventeen. But uh, Lions have the ball. Great. Uh, Wow, though, Joe, very well done. Um, Next up from Joe Ashworth. What similarities do you you see between Dan Campbell and Jonathan Smith? None. Well, there's the immediate, (laughs) immediately obvious appearance similarities like it's like a mirror those two guys
3: <laughs> uh Jonathan Smith I I mean I I get this sense that they both can be maybe a little ruthless sure maybe,
0: you know yeah
2: um, they also both seem like like genuinely nice guys they they have that political like would like to sit down and have a beer with them
1: thing yeah, th- there's a sincerity to them that mm-hmm. is uh, that rings true. Um, uh, but I look at
2: I look at Dan Campbell and I think there's no doubt in my mind that that guy played years in the NFL. I look at Jonathan Smith and I say there's no doubt in my mind that he started as a walk on in college.
1: <laughs> what I love is that I see myself in Jonathan Smith, this but they're really- both
2: winners <laughs> And I'm happy to have both of them as college football coaches in my state right now. You mean just football coaches? Just like football college. coaches, pardon yeah. me.
1: Uh next up from Joe Ashworth, Sabin
3: Belichick Izzo. Mm. No. Nah. No, thank you. No, thank you, please. I mean, we'd speculated we've been doing this long enough
2: that we were here when Stevie started playing. And we we were debating then wow does Izzo even make it to Stevie's senior year? And now we're in his COVID senior year. We didn't know that those were
1: going to happen at the time. And I think I'm more convinced than ever that he's not close.
2: Right. Yep. And I think we were more like, it's kind of a rolling two-year thing of like, it could be, I'm not worried about it happening in the next two years right now. Like I'd be surprised if it, happened in three years maybe even four yeah pending some kind of god forbid like truly god forbid some kind of health related thing i dude doesn't seem interested in hanging it up and he seems like he's through the period of his life where
1: he's like maybe i should think about it i think he's decided now i'm i'm good he's not this is this is what i'm doing until i die yeah uh, next up Thomas Zambiasi. uh, will coaching carousel moves this off season make it easier than it would have been otherwise for football to build through the portal. Oh, that's an interesting question with, uh, there are two college football playoff teams that just had
2: coaching
3: changes. Yeah, that I mean, is a really interesting more question
2: potentially coming. Although that last one wouldn't really be a help for us because those players are poison. Yeah. We have one on our roster <laughs> right now, but Do I'm we am not thrilled about it. Uh, yeah, what's his name? Um, why am I struggling with the? Well, because I struggle with names generally. But, uh, brothers, linebackers.
1: Yeah, he's he's with the Eagles now, man. Uh, You're talking about Van Subran? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, his he's his definitely. younger brother committed to us outright, but his older brother, yeah, right.
2: That's what I'm referencing. We have yeah. one. We did have one U
3: of M transfer. And I think it'll be the last one. Yeah. It was weird when it happened. Again, we were there that mm-hmm. week.
1: Uh, next up from Thomas Zambiasi, uh, what's your most MSU coded behavior? Are we talking like how I have deep insecurities about whether I'm good enough, but if anyone says that I'm not, then I bristle at them? That kind of a thing? like. <laughs>
0: Uh, can we
2: high functioning
1: alcoholism? Like, what what are we talking here? Can I move
2: on from that question and ask you something about deep insecurities?
3: Yeah, there are a lot of Michigan personalities on Twitter mm-hmm. that you
2: and I talked in advance of their game of like
3: this whole
2: situation the year that they're having the, the counter and stuff, this seems to have truly broken them. And now, uh, and I, we were like, this, this is interesting. Like real people out there with real reputations that still, they don't, don't seem to care. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. Now I'm seeing a bunch of Michigan personalities out there that like, don't seem to be taking any joy from this win, like it doesn't seem to have fulfilled them in any way. like they're still up to their old tricks. Nothing has changed. They're still as bristly and awful. like I picture when when m s u wins the
3: national championship. I'm in a state of euphoria for three years. speaking of insecurities.
2: I'm concerned that maybe the hilltop is is not the hilltop, and my life will not be better, and I will not be a more fulfilled person on the other side of a national championship. Like, are they just fundamentally broken people? These that I'm referring to, or is it maybe not all that it's cracked up to be? Uh,
1: I think uh, I think Twitter has the capacity to fundamentally break a person, mm-hmm. and and like to be clear on twitter a fair amount we tweet a fair amount right like but that's not who i am and and so the fact that in the 24 hours of aftermath that somebody one of their personalities pulled a receipt from something i said two years ago something you said you
2: got a receipt pulled
1: can't read can't write said I'm not aware of this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Maybe their worst person, the friend who the guy who uh, is besties with Kate McNamara, we all know uh, Don Thomas. um, Pulled a uh, I said something to the effect of in 2021 that Jim Harbaugh won't win the game because it's big and will never win the big game. They had tons of their own fans saying that at that time. Well, also. I, I want to really congratulate you that on third time's the charm, like, you finally got there. You finally got that New Year's Six Bowl. Like, we're all really thrilled for you. But, like, I guess the point being that in the 24 hours afterwards, that what you decided to do with your time... To do time bad time in, in was, that moment. ...was to pull receipts from MSU fans speaks to a fundamentally broken person... And it doesn't have to do with it doesn't have to do with whether winning is fulfilling because I think others are like maybe having a bit of troll fun but are like largely like, hey, we won. That's pretty great. Like, and so I think it's a certain person who chases clout on Twitter that that is broken, Um, and we have those people in our own fan base who chase clout. Incessantly on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It oftentimes misguidedly so. And the uh I mean all clout chasing is, is misguided. Um, but the you know, I think they'll maybe revel in the same way. And it's like take, like truly the time to touch grass is after you win the natty. Yeah. The air is cleaner, the grass is greener greener, like you know. Um, so anyway. Anyway. Um.
2: We're we're better than some people. That's the important thing.
1: Yeah, and it's because I went to MSU. Uh, next up, <laughs> Munfield Keg. Uh, as I watched 6-7 portal guy AJ Storer hit big shots for 13-3 and three Wisconsin today, it has me wondering if a school like MSU needs to do, be basically adding at least one portal piece every offseason. We have the basketball NIL and the cachet to do it. Am I crazy here?
2: We've kind of maybe not fully and not not address it in this like very structured way but i think we agree on this podcast and i'm speaking for our listener guests as well that like given the resources that tom has i understand that he really likes his cohesion he really likes his culture maybe there were some portal moves that could have been made in the in the off season
1: yeah i i I guess yeah i would disagree with the notion that like we should get in the habit of processing people out. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that as it relates to this particular team, that maybe some processing wouldn't have been the end of the world. But like he tried to push AJ out. Yep. He brought in Tyson Walker specifically to be point guard. So like when Tom opens his mouth about this shit, I just can't take him seriously. Yeah. I
2: mean the most productive guy on this team is from the portal.
1: The, most pro- the second most productive guy on the team last year. The two most productive players on the team last year
2: both were guys. both portal ads.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, next up from Nate C. As a hockey school, check, uh, do you already have your sweater, if not traditional or the new gruff Sparty?
1: Uh, I would get gruff. I don't, but I would get gruff. I do like the new the new gruff look. I already have some
2: gruff elements uh, in the wardrobe, though, and I do not have the classic Michigan State hockey look. So I think I might do just, like, pure, boring, traditional, but I do like the gruff as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, next up from Nate C., have you gone to a game at Munn yet? I found that going to a hockey game is a lot more effective at getting people into the game than TV might help more fans accept our new status
2: so i have i've been fortunate to live here i've been going to Mun games
1: at least one every year that i've been here that
2: you've been able to go to games at Mun, um jonesy do you think going to a college game would help you out a little bit kind of goose you a little bit to be a fan
1: I I think uh, seeing it in person is, This is going to sound contradictory, but watching hockey in person both slows the game, generally speaking, down and then also gives you a greater appreciation for how fast the players are. Correct. Um, so like it, it gives you a yeah greater appreciation for the athleticism, but still makes the game more visible and accessible. So I, I think generally speaking, that's true with hockey.
2: Uh, also, um, Artie Leshnov, the number five, if you're able to watch on tv which we will not for u of m it'll be mbtm plus fantastic uh he's the guy that we're expecting to go top five in the nhl draft his size and speed relative to the other guys on the ice you truly need to be there to understand it and to like get the scale of it like he he looks bigger than everyone else on tv but he's like obviously noticeably bigger in person when you're at munn so uh i think the answer nate c is that yes you are correct we should be trying to push people to munn as much as possible and the good news is munn can't handle anymore for the rest of the season
1: uh and a bonus from nate you can absolutely troll ms or, sorry, u of m fans with hockey with a hockey ship it's the tougher better sport and they know it mm-hmm. uh next up kate wall malik hall is back He's got two B or better games in a row. Adding, please don't do me dirty and wait until he has a bad game to record again. That's fair. She submitted her question last week before the bad game, and we recorded after the very, very bad game by Malik. Uh, Well done, (laughs) Kate. Well done, Kate. I like the idea
2: of us putting the podcast on hiatus until Malik Hall has a big game just so we could be like, take that, Kate! Kate. I hope you feel really dumb, Kate.
1: <laughs> her, her question was so legit last time, and then he put up that goose egg. Of yeah, the, I
2: mean, it was Malik
1: that failed you, Kate, not us. Uh,
2: yeah. Next up for Matt Wiggins, uh, is the Jim Harbaugh Wait, contract- we didn't actually
1: answer her. It, I don't... I, yes, back, but like, what do you mean by back? Like, I think we, we've we always been like, Malik's not consistent.
0: Yeah.
2: The the Malik so, Hall that you know is the Malik Hall that you know, and that's not going to change. Yeah. I think as uh, we said on this podcast, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Um, and y- You need it from him. He, It's time for you, Malik, but I don't think he's ever going to put together
0: like five. five if games. he does
1: 10 plus the remainder of the season, then I will have a different opinion about Malik Hall. Sure. I just, you know, uh, next up, Matt Wiggins, is the Jim Harbaugh contract real? Johnny so Bacon's been counts. telling me that it is yeah. for months now. So Ward's <laughs> been saying it's real. Uh,
2: to whom? He
1: he popped out of the, the yeah. sewer grate in I New know. York and said it's real. It. Uh
3: the um uh, but who cares? Uh, reportedly, uh
1: his the hang up from jim is that he wants it to be made explicitly clear that uh sanctions from the NCAA are not a for cause reason to be fired
2: interesting that one would want that
3: uh next up from the kieski best road trip ever
2: bull trips for me i haven't uh, per, truly in my life i haven't done a ton of road trips bull trips for me would probably be the answer to that jonesy you spend more time cross country you know in that open road you just did it yesterday uh what about you're probably better to answer this question than me
3: uh i mean i'll say i once
1: drove from sacramento to philly Mm -hmm. um and seeing the sort of transition of landscape over time is is pretty incredible Mm -hmm. um particularly like you know starting in california heading into the the mountain well the the desert of of nevada is stunning and then you hit the rockies and it's great and then you fall asleep in back half of nevada really
2: you fall asleep starts. on the road and you run into a
1: truck and whatever it is gives you a real thrill uh next up from the Keith Ski. uh what is a realistic vision for the college football to move which is for college football to move to uh,
2: again i'm going back to how much time we've spent doing this podcast and one thing that we've said is that it seems to be moving towards this consolidation model which ultimately should probably spin off from college affiliations in all meaningful ways i mean i think what it would be is still like the name michigan state is still there but like the student athlete experience is different. They probably do have to be enrolled in the university, but they're definitely they're getting some kind of revenue share. Like it would be entirely different from the old um, model of uh, student athlete, and look very different from
1: all the rest of the student athletes at the university. Let me let me ask you. Uh,
3: let's let's change up the scenario for a second. Mm-hmm. What if the NCAA instead? eliminated the four-year eligibility cap and
1: instead said instead said so long as you're fulfilling academic requirements of pursuing degrees you are able to continue to compete in football just get a bunch of van wilders on campus <laughs> like truly it, you because you, you have to assume that dude can't make it in the league right yeah right like i mean
2: imagine if connor cook Could have just NIL'd and stayed in college
1: forever. Why is that so bad? He could still be our quarterback today. Why is that (laughs) so bad? Like, they're at least pursuing the academic component that the NCAA claims. It
2: would be three-time PhD Connor Cook tossing
1: touchdowns. That's Dr. Connor Cook to you.
2: Pardon me. And at a certain point, like, it shows up on the the jersey. Yeah,
3: Dr. (laughs) Cook. Dr. Cook. (laughs) But like, it
2: would be like the same with J.U. Kalkirk. Would J.U. Kalkirk be hanging it up this year or, or last year or something like that?
1: Sure. Well, we know
2: Javon would still be there. <laughs> the problem with that model, though, and this isn't like the Dude's institutional in. problem.
1: Kids wouldn't Correct. be able to get in.
2: It reduces the number of opportunities because that's already, I think, a very valid critique of the COVID year is that it's reducing the opportunities
3: for younger guys so there you go it certainly wouldn't increase parity that's for sure uh Uh, next
2: up and finally from the key ski i can't wait for the basketball season to be over that's a bad sign wait what i I hope that we've convinced you key ski that actually the better days are ahead and we could be wrong about that but it seems like we've taken our medicine so far in the college, in the Big Ten. Also, schedule. this
1: team is is infuriating, but they're also, I think, fun.
2: Yeah, in terms t- of the basketball that you've had to stomach over the last few years, this one's better than usual.
1: You got Rocket Watts, Foster, like, no, this has been, this is fun. Yep. Just play like that normally. <laughs>
2: yeah. Next up from The Search. Aldini and the guys, uh, legendary coach retirements are all the rage these days. What's the chance and what's your interest in a second basketball themed season of me debuting in April?
3: Pass. <laughs>
1: and it's not because of your, your podcast, but he's not retiring.
3: Oh, you're gonna
2: have
1: it, to rename it to to the funeral is what you're gonna have to rename it to. Yeah,
2: uh, I didn't take his his question as this implies that Izzo's gonna be gone. It's more of a I'm covering changes happening in in sports or in in coaching, and that's how Vanini got to start. Like, he's kind of the, the coaching change guy, and look where he is now.
1: Yeah, mid majors well, and or group of, well, of course,
2: yeah that's not where he had to start but that's where he kind of jumped from msu to national was being like the guy on college search um next up from sports ball joey uh it appears that some part of michigan twitter thinks that harbaugh ended tucker's time at msu which would seem to imply mel cranked it while on the phone with harbaugh <laughs> indeed <laughs> going back to the question last week about ever praising someone from michigan is it time to reevaluate? well First I haven't seen this part of Michigan Twitter. They're wrong. They're just literally <laughs> incorrect. He he left the university with a winning record against
3: Michigan. Um
0: we'll so always the, have that.
3: Yeah, that kind of yeah. That means the rest of the question is invalid. So And and this just
1: reinforces my stance, actually. Indeed. Uh, next up, Beppe Plum asks, "Jim Harbaugh and Bill Cosby. I think they are related. Both get what they want, regardless <laughs> okay. of the legality. I should have seen. I should have seen this coming." Have known. I, I bet both. I Beth it both wasn't going to be.
2: They both have, you know, articles of clothing that they're known for. <laughs> Signature clothing.
1: All right, Beppe. I've I've read through the remainder of your question. We're we're good here. Uh, next up. <laughs> Rant of the week, lazy kids. My class average is a 54 this week. I've not seen so many zeros since horse took selfies with U of M girls. The temps at the NFL playoff games are higher than some of my kids' grades. Also, what the F we need to actually snow during the game, not just cause hypothermia. Did you see how cold? Did you see the video yeah. of the water bottle freezing? It, it was wild. Or
2: just like beers freezing in
1: the stands. Why would anyone why like I don't fully understand pro sports fandom. Yeah. The the fervor that you would have in the way that you might have to a place that you went to school. Yeah. But um that's not to judge it. I just don't get it. But like Even I, who can be old man yelling at clouds for students leaving, would readily say, "You get a pass on being at the game at that temperature." I would. I wouldn't be there. I wouldn't be there.
2: Disagree. Bundle up. That's the times we've talked on this podcast about when you earn your medal, you prove your medal as a fan. That's Mm -hmm. one of those times. I was thinking about before this Lions game started, which, by the way, Matty Stafford's in the concussion tent right now. Um, I was thinking before this game started, like, wouldn't it be great? Because in East Lansing, I don't know about Detroit. I can't imagine it's too different. But right now it's negative three in East Lansing. So imagine the home field advantage if an LA team had to come and play here under those circumstances. I think the lions could pencil in the next round of the playoff at that point. Um, so playing in a dome, mm, I guess it's nice for everyone. They get a nice little cozy game, but I would think if it was outside, they get a confirmed
3: W. Uh, bonus from Beppe plum. If time is it That's not bad. <laughs> Izito, I like that. <laughs> My uh, boy. Next up, Momopoleaf.
1: Graham Couch, in analyzing MSU's lost Illinois in the state of the Spartans, said, quote, it's about who they are and what they can become, end quote. So who do you think the basketball team is right now, and how much time do they have to become something before it's too late? Momopoleaf, I want to actually celebrate. This was— A real I real was... question. After the quote ended, I'm like, oh, God, she's going to take this somewhere completely unrelated— well done, Monopoly. Uh, Greg.
2: So I would actually disagree with the premise of this. Uh, we kind of know who this team is with two exceptions. One is Teen Wolf. Uh, where where are we going? How, what are we going to get out of Jackson Kohler? What can one reasonably expect? And two, now that Stevie Izzo is unshackled from that offer, where is he going to take us? Because as we've said time and again, you know
3: what you're getting with the rest of these guys. So, we, we think Cohen. We think Cohen Carr is close. Sure, right.
2: But he's not close as in like all of a sudden he's going to be nailing three pointers. Yeah, he doesn't have a jumper yet. It's close as in like maybe he can spend more time on the floor because he's not getting you know backdoored on defense.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh. Next up from Mopleaf. And speaking of who you are and what you can become, what will it take for you to make the top 100 sports podcast list? And what do the Kelsey brothers have that can't read, can't write, doesn't have? Well, T-Swift Nation, that's for sure. Yeah. In terms of the Kelsey brothers, um,
2: I think theirs is sort of like a, it's sort of like a simple least common, you know, least common denominator type of podcast. They're like, we
1: play you football. You should listen to, us, should listen talk to us
2: talk about football. Um, whereas our podcast is more like, you can imagine that we've never played football on
3: any reasonable level. You should listen to us, talk but we've about-
1: watched a lot of it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which leads
1: us to the Upper Deck Dirt Guy, who asks, maybe most appropriately after that why bother
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because it's fun uh Kevin it was fun this was it fun was fun win.
2: it was fun watching Stephen Izzo hit that shot it was a massive relief and huge outpouring of emotion for me um and it it was a nice little reminder of like why we do bother um so go great
1: go white